podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week 26, and you know what that means. It's a brand new episode of A Tad Predictable, episode 22, coming at your heart. I'm joined by our producer behind the glass and is in front of the mic this week, Guy Drinkle. Guy, welcome back to the show. Uh, the theme at the moment has been, can anyone topple... The bank it'll burn it king that is Jake Jackman. How how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's been happening? It's the only thing I'm looking forward to because football is terrible. <laughs> uh, well, no, Liverpool, being a Liverpool fan and football is terrible. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the last like three goals I've been on this podcast. You've done your tad's top five, so it's kind of annoyed me. So I'm happy as bad. <laughs> I specifically sought you out for this one. Um, yeah, make sure you got your predictions in. We'll see how you get on. Uh, Guy, we've got a plethora of fixtures to go through because uh, it's a double game week. How do you feel about how games will go during a, a, a double game week? They, I mean, does form go out the window in that case with games so close between each, between you know each other? Um, it, it's a strange one. I think... Some teams are so devoid of form, it doesn't really matter when the games are. Your, your Liverpools, your Sheffield United and your Southampton seem to just roll on the bad. Whereas Man City, they have the squad, they have the players, they have the form, they have the everything to just keep rolling. West Ham have used probably like 14 players to my knowledge and they're just <laughs> all performing out of the skin. Um, and then the rest of the rest of them, they're just every, every other team's seems to take to either be blindingly brilliant or terrible. So I think it's just following the pattern of the season, really, to do with. It doesn't matter whether, how quick the games are coming. It's just it's just random. Like, Villa, can, Villa were one of the best teams in the league for probably a third of this season. Then they flick the switch either way for the rest of it. So it's a strange season for, for the teams outside of Man City and the bad ones. It is a strange city, but... Two of the teams that you mentioned there kick us off this week. Man City versus West Ham. Obviously, West Ham with a tall task trying to topple this Man City side and, and get the first win, or even a draw, I suppose, would be a small victory for, for any team against City at the moment. Do you give them a chance? Um, I think they do have a chance because I think they do have certain players that have hurt Man City in the past. I'm sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember Antonio maybe the last season scoring a couple against them and giving them trouble. But and I can't remember the game earlier this season, but the, 
Antonio against someone like Ruben Diaz, that's a bit different than playing against a John Stones. And Laporte is a very good defender, but I think physically someone like Antonio can get at him, whereas Ruben Diaz is 12 foot tall and a tank. So it's a bit different with him there. Um, but no, I think I think West Ham have a chance. It's just how brave David Moyes can be. Because even, even I'll use the Liverpool game as an example, they had a real opportunity and they've since gone on to get top four. But that that game back then, a few weeks ago, they could have got in top four earlier. And, and they kind of played a bit bit cowardly, for the want of a better phrase, and they didn't really take the opportunity. Now, playing that Liverpool team is nowhere near... Uh, it's a much easier opportunity than playing this Man City team. And it's obviously at the Etihad as well. Um, but you look physically, Thomas Suchek, Antonio... The, the wide prefer, plethora of um, wide options like Ben Rama, um, Fornals, Lingard's playing really well since he's gone there. They've got they've got weapons that can hurt Man City. I think just I think pretty much every podcast, whether it's me and you or I'm with Dave, it, it's just a dependency on uh, Mikel Antonio. And I know they've had good results with him being out the team as well, but I think in these bigger games, this is where the Antonio can shine. So... If he if he's playing and he's on it, they can hurt him. But in terms of my prediction, you, you got a backman City. They're on a historically good run. P- potentially look un unbeatable. Really, um, what is it now? Nineteen wins in a row in all competitions or something like that. It, it it's pretty scary. And they had a slow start to the season. If if they didn't, if they had a decent pre season and stuff, they'd probably be breaking the what is it hundred point record they set a few years ago. Um. So yeah, absolute scary team. I mean, in terms of prediction, I don't think Man City. I don't think West Ham will get battered. Um, and I think it could be a tight game. I'll go three one. I think West Ham can score in this game. I think Man City may just get a late one whilst West Ham are pushing for it. So I'll go three one City. Three one City, and it will obviously be a very valuable goal considering how little goals City uh, seem to concede at the moment. Look, I think. Bringing the physical game is probably West Ham's best chance in this game. I don't think if they try and play with City, especially at the Etihad, they're going to stand a chance. I like the the thought of Antonio trying to be very physical with those centre-backs. You've got guys like Suchek, who is an absolute machine that will run through anything, and, and he can bring physicality in midfield. Uh, and then you can always sprinkle in the guys like the Ben Rama and, and stuff like that that will then add that little bit of technique and skill. Um, so I think a, a, a heavily physical team with a little bit of technical ability skills. Spring. Speaking of goals, we've got West Brom versus Brighton. Um, I mean, when I was reading the uh, run sheet synopsis thing that you send over every time, I was thinking, mm. that's just going to be a draw. But they did just have, what, 3xG against uh, Crystal Palace on Monday? wasted a lot of chances can can they be that wasteful two games in a row i mean it is brighton so they obviously can but <laughs> some of the goals will have to go in <laughs> so i was just gonna say draw but brighton brighton brighton's um league positions misleading to the performance i think and it's not just because i like them but i mean they're, they're a number nine away from being comfortable in the league i'm pretty sure of that like even if they got Danny Sturridge instead of Danny Welbeck, I'm pretty sure they'd be like fifth, fifteenth, 
much more comfortable than they are of 15th to 10th or something like that. Um, I'll go Brighton win because I always back them. I'll go... West Brom games have been a bit mad recently as well. Let's go for an exciting weekend of football today. Let's go 3-2 Brighton. 3-2 Brighton. And look, I, I was enjoying the the West Brom game before they got um, a red card mm. last time around. And, and I, that just killed it for me. So I'm, I'm all for an exciting game. Um, although it will be exciting, because I, I do think Brighton's going to bring it out of West Brom in this one. I just think that they're just not going to get that many goals, Brighton. I'm actually going to go for a 2-1 West Brom win, purely because I, I worry about who's going to actually put the ball in the back of the net for Brighton. I know what they'll create the chances, but I'm not sure who's going to score like three goals or something. So I can give them the one and it will probably end up being another disappointing loss like they suffered against Crystal Palace um, last week. Teams that aren't um, facing that problem in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net and producing exciting games. Guy, it's Leeds versus Aston Villa. Could we get a better fixture for, for this weekend? No. It, it, it's two teams who... I mean, Leeds have just been mad all season. I mean, they've had... Not really talked about enough injury problems. Everyone just says, oh, Bielsa is mad. And I've been guilty of this on both on, on this and Dave's podcast saying they can't defend. They've had, like, one fit centre-back rotating all season, so no wonder they can't defend. I mean, Robin Cock and um, uh, I think his first name's Diego Lorente have been out all season, pretty much, and they were the two big signings in the summer. So, yeah, it, I think Lorente came back. Um, even having Phillips out as well. It, they've not really ever had a settled squad, and I, I don't even know where they are in the league. I think they're, like, mid-table. Um, where are they? They are tenth. I mean, considering they didn't spend loads, and the signings they did make. I mean, Rafinha aside, if any of them worked out that well, Rodrigo's not really settled into the first team. Um, the centre backs I mentioned, uh, Meslier was there last year, or Meslier, how you pronounce his name. So it's for the lack of players who are new to that team. I I think they're doing excellently, really. Um, and I'd probably make them favourites in this game. I'm I'm not sure what their home and away form, how that differs. I know I think the struggle in London. I'm pretty sure that's the thing that goes around with with uh, with Leeds. But I'm just having a quick look. They've lost. They've won their last two home games. So yeah, it's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back Leeds in this one. I think I think Jack Grealish is out according to your notes here as well, and we we know the transformative. Player he is for Aston Villa, um, Matty Cash as well, playing El Mohamedy there, who is about a hundred and five year old. It's, it, it, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. And whenever I watch Villa now, um, Mings is in bad form. Uh, the goalkeeper had a bit of a nightmare last time. I, I watched him as well. Um, albeit he's been really good. So I, I'm, I'm going to back Leeds. Um. Can I go three goals again? I'll, I'll go. I'll go two one leads. I, I think this. I think this will be a good game. This, it's it, it's almost a shame. Agree this is out because I think this literally could have been a mad, a proper madness game. But without that X factor for Villa, can, can the rest step up? I'm I'm not sure. Not so sure. Yeah, it it is disappointing. I I doubt they rush him back for this one. Maybe he might make it back for for their next game. 
um, based on how the, you know, um, Smith has been talking in the media and stuff like that. But for me, I, I think, obviously, as you said, Grealish is a big factor. Ross Barkley, I think last week kind of, he felt like to me, he knew, okay, this is a week I need to step up. And then the fact he didn't step up and got substituted mm-hmm. and it took him a good like 20 minutes to get mm-hmm. back to the bench. Uh, he was taking off his boots, his shin pads, his socks, like just meandering across um, across the pitch to the other side to to get back to the bench, visibly frustrated. I think he knew he was kind of disappointed with himself there that he didn't do enough. There's another opportunity for him in a free-flowing game Barkley loves to run with the ball. This is a game to run with the ball if there ever is one for him uh, and try and make things happen. But for me, I think Leeds have looked really good um, in their last two games. Um, Albeit, you know, the scorelines haven't always gone their way. They stick to the system and they can still cause you problems no matter what. I'm going to steal your 3-2 from earlier. I'm going to go with a 3-2 here and I'm going to give it to Leeds. And I'm excited for what this weekend is providing so far. Can you continue it with Newcastle no. versus Wolves? <laughs> <laughs> it was too yeah, good to be uh, true. Shame it wasn't a last week when it was West from Burnley. <laughs> um, <laughs> Newcastle without Callum Wilson, who's the majority of his goals came from penalties, and that's mostly down to how they play rather than anything to do with Callum Wilson. It's... Um, that was not me disparaging Karen Wilson. I meant to do what we were on. Um, Newcastle have no goal threat. <laughs> Even Joe Ellington's out in this game. And that bloke does not have a goal threat at all. Um, so what they're going to do is, is Dwight Gale for it. Dwight Gale, Andy Carroll. Whoa, that sounds like championship from 2012. <laughs> it's, mm. um, it's not a pretty picture for Newcastle. And... Obviously, Wolves are missing a good few players as well, but they they seem to have settled into a into something at least. Like the the struggles they've had without Ralph Jimenez have been have been well documented. But maybe since Pedenzas went out and, and William Jose's came in, I think they've finally settled on a team. May not have been by um, Nuno's doing, but without Pedenz there, they've pretty much had Neto Adama and and William Jose. And sprinkle in a bit of Fabio Silva, and and it seems to have settled. And three wins, a draw, and a loss in the last five. It they look like they finally settled back in. The, I think he, I haven't watched loads of Wolves game recently, but I think they've stopped. I think he stopped messing about with the system as much as well. Um, so I'd I'd, I'd have to make Le- um, I was going to say Leeds again there. I'd, I'd have to make Wolves favourites in this because I I just don't see where Newcastle score or do anything really. I think it's pretty much you're going to be over-dependent on Alan San Maximum having a worldie again. And that that was a story of last season and they got away with it. Almiron's from the bits and bobs I've seen, he's improving, but as soon as any, like, one thing goes wrong for Newcastle, Steve Bruce, panic stations, big lads, 80 football. It's like you've got the players to play decent football. Try it. it we we saw it, we saw it with, I think it was the end of last season where they were pretty much confirmed to be up, and and they played some good football. Like they, um, who did they have up front last season? It might, I think it was actually Dwight Gale. So it, it could technically work. I think 
they kind of binned off Joe Ellington, and maybe Joe Ellington played a bit more on the wing or as in a two. San Maximin, Dwight Gale, Almiron, these can that can be a dangerous front line. The defense is fine. Uh, I think Dubravka needs to probably come back in. Darlo seems to be more mistakes creeping into his game. Um, they should they should not get relegated, but on the way they're playing and the results are getting, they probably will get relegated because Fulham now have a striker in Josh Madger. Um, I know they draw a lot of games, but drawing's better than losing in this situation for them, and they're catching up very slowly, but Fulham are catching up. So, yeah, it, if it wasn't for Southampton being Southampton, it, it, it probably should be four losses on the bounce. I'm not sure how Southampton screwed that game up. It, it, it's just a strange one. It, it's just a strange one. I, and I know you can this question because... There was no obvious alternative, no obvious um, discussion point. But Steve Bruce's job must be in jeopardy at some point because if Newcastle go down, Mike Ashley was on the verge of selling them to like the richest people in the world. Are the Saudis really going to be interested in a championship team? Probably not. It might be easier to sell in the championship, but he's not going to get as much money for a championship team. So I think Mike Ashley. Maybe needs to sacrifice a yes man, and I don't know, maybe beg Rafa to come back or something like that. It's it's a strange <laughs> run, but no, I'm going to go Wolves two nil. Yeah, look, and it seems to be the theme over the last couple of games for Newcastle is they're able to stay in the games, but then sort of just tail off in the end, whether it be you know just pure and you know unlucky or. The other team just pulls it out of the bag. But, for example, in that United game, there was promise. There was a chance of, of being able to, at the very least, get a draw in that game. And then, obviously, you mentioned the keeper mistake. And we mentioned the penalty. Them not getting a penalty themselves, it kind of just fell the wrong way for them. But I think Bruce is able to keep them in games long enough. And for that reason, I'm going to go with the 1-0. But I'm going to go for a 1-0 for Wolves. I think Wolves are starting to play well. They've got the momentum Three wins in their last five games. They haven't lost in four. Um, and as you said, it looks like they've started to steady the ship a little bit now and, and looking a bit promising, grinding out a very good result against uh, Leeds, a 1-0 win on Friday night. They opened last week's fixtures. And that was a good game to watch as well. And just getting it over the line. And, and they're getting back to that of just being able to get it over the line. And I think that's going to be the case here. Newcastle will keep it tight. Wolves will get that goal, and, and I'm not sure if Newcastle will be able to then mount a, a comeback of some sort or, or try and get a goal to get a draw at the very least. Um, we move on to Crystal Palace versus Fulham, and you mentioned Fulham have a striker now. Is that going into your influence of the scoreline predictions here? I mean, Palace, last time around, I could not even tell you how they won that game against... <laughs> Poor, poor Brighton. Oh man, they Brighton should have walked away with that game comfortably, and and they end up getting pipped by a an old friend, ben, Christian Benteke, mm. last minute winner. Yeah, I think I think it it does help um, for them. And and Palace, I, I didn't watch the Brighton game. I, I completely forgot about it. If I'm honest, but for, no Zaha, no Zaha. Regardless, I know the beat Brighton without Zaha. But you, even not me seeing it, you look at the stats and stuff like that, the, the 
the XG discrepancy, like what was it, two, three in Brighton's favour? That's not going to work week in, week out. And I don't think Fulham are as good as Brighton in terms of control in the games and stuff like that. But Josh Madge, I'm not sure what he has exactly, but I'm pretty sure he's got a handful of goals since coming through. Luckman's starting to score a bit more. Zambo and Gisa is a freak, and he should be able to take on that whole Palace midfield on his own, especially with the injuries they've got in that area. MacArthur would start from him there. Um, he's probably their best midfielder off the top of my head. Milivojevic has pretty much aged the, a lot in the last year or so. Um, the defence has been injured all season, um, so Magic should have enough opportunities in the game. And I was again going to say a draw, but now I'm talking myself into a Fulham win, unless I have loads of injuries. <laughs> um, I'll go 1-0 Fulham. I, did, I think He's gonna Parker's gonna have to take the reins off a bit because a draw against Crystal Palace that's that's fine. It's probably a decent result, but if you win, imagine the pressure that goes on Newcastle. I know they've played before, um, but in terms of the games to come, if, if Fulham would that put them on the same points? Let me get out of the table in front of me. So if Fulham won't. They would be on. They'd be ahead if, if Newcastle be, lost to to Wolves. So they, Newcastle be in the relegations and Fulham be out. And I, I think in that situation, I think Fulham would go strength to strength. They have the squad to stay up. They should be staying up. So screw it. I'm going to go one nil Fulham. I think this will be the weekend Fulham get out the the relegation zone, which I didn't think I'd be saying at the start of the season. That would be big news for Fulham fans, and not only would they be. Uh, uh, jumping over Newcastle they'll be just halting Crystal Palace's progress as well making sure maybe there's another team in sight that they could jump over and and really become clear of of any dangers of of going down I think I agree with your 1-0 scoreline I'm going to jump on board with that one as well I think Fulham will just sneak it in this one and, and Palace Somehow they still keep getting wins in games that they're not playing well when Zaha's not there. I think that's not going to be the case this time. You can only do that so many times, right? Absolutely. I mean, we we mentioned Grealish as an X factor there. In terms of being a one-man... One-man team's a bit disrespectful, but I can't think of how else to phrase it. He he is Crystal Palace. He he is the, the key threat. That he, He's the one... The one threat you usually nullify, and then you beat Palace. Uh, I know they've had some good performances from like Eze, Benteke obviously scoring against Brighton the other day. I think Mitchie's came into the team. I, did Mateta played well the other night, didn't he? Apparently, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting yep. to see how he is. Uh, I'm sure I heard John A. You played well in that game as well. So if if they do step up, if the others step up, hopefully they. For Crystal Palace's sake, they stay at that level when Zaha's came back. But it's from the earlier points of this season, whenever I've watched Crystal Palace, it's been pretty boring. But it has simply just gone back to Zaha or bust. Now that Zaha's not there, I mean, they did lose two before the Brighton game, so it's it's not exactly sparkling. Um, can they can they step up again? Hmm. It's it, it's a it's a strange one, really. It's it's a strange one. Um, but I mean, what what's Fulham's form? Undefeated in the last four. It 
It is, order. and it's strange <laughs> because Palace are thirteenth and Fulham are eighteenth. So, but it, it it's just that one player. It's about momentum, guy. It's about it, momentum. It is, it is, but it's about if Zaha was fit for this game, I'd probably be picking a draw or Crystal Palace's favour. That that's just that's the power of someone like Wilfred Zaha. Like, I'm not a big, I'm not his biggest fan. Either. I'm, I'm not sure he'd be like a top four quality player, but at this level. A, mid-table to relegation. He's an absolute superstar down there. Uh, being transformative player. So, yeah, Fulham 1-0, it's just, I don't, I don't see the threat for Crystal Palace. I just, it's ben, is Benteke going to score two games in a row? He's heard you <laughs> and he's probably going to do it now. But um, you mentioned that Zaha is the man. Well, We've come to bank it or burn it, and when it comes to bank it or burn it, there's only one person that's the man, the person that owns bank it or burn it. It's Jake Jackman. He has the leading score at 17 out of 23. Guy, how are you feeling? Can you finally become king of the mountain? Well, obviously. That's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's get going. Let's not waste time here. Um, Main reason why Guy's here to topple Jake Jackman, obviously you bank it or burn it. This is the segment where I put 15 seconds on the clock and Guy will try and answer all five questions in each of the five rounds before the 15 seconds runs out. I'll read out each question and Guy will shout bank it if he thinks the scenario will happen or he'll shout burn it if he thinks the scenario won't happen. The games that will be played in this um, round are... The five fixtures that we've just spoken about, that's Man City versus West Ham, West Brom versus Brighton, Leeds versus Aston Villa, Newcastle versus Wolves, and Crystal Palace versus Fulham. The five questions, we've got A, over 30 tackles, B, less than four yellow cards, C, over five shots on target, D, headed goal, and E, fist pump goal celebration. Have you got those, guy? Oh, yes. I'm good. Yeah. We go. Your time starts. We'll start with Man City versus West Ham. Your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Burn it. Less than four yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goal. Bank it. Fist pump goal celebration. Bank it. Ooh, just one burn it. You don't think it's going to be a physical game? I don't think they'll get close. (laughs) they will not get in touch of man city as god predicts we've got west brom versus brighton following this one oh you picked a tasty game here Hmm. um let's see how you get on your time starts now over 30 tackles bank it less than four yellow cards burn it over five shots on target burn it headed goal burn it First pump goal celebration. Burn it. Oh, <laughs> you've gone the complete reverse way of it. You started off with um, a burn and a whole bunch of banks, and then now you've done a bank with a whole bunch of burns. Let's see. This tactic continues. <laughs> we've got Leeds versus Aston Villa, probably my fixture uh, of the weekend if Grealish was able to play and he was fit and healthy. But let's see what you feel. Um, your time starts. Now, over 30 tackles. Less than four yellow cards. Burn it. Over five shots on target. 
Headed goal. Bank it. Best pump goal celebration. Burn it. Oh, I thought you were going with a theme of bank it, burn it, bank it, burn it, bank it, burn it, and you ruined it. You ruined it with the header goal. I did. Who do you think scoring a header goal in this game? Come I on, don't man. Know. Shrike, because he's on my bench. <laughs> Probably exactly. likely. Um, we've got Newcastle versus Wolves. Oh, this one will be fun. <laughs> this one will be fun. Uh, let's see how you get on. Your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Thank you. Less than four yellow cards. Burn it. Over five shots Burn on target. It. A header Burn goal. Burn it. First Burn punk it. goal celebration. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Guy. Oh, Will there be enough goals? I, I, be, I'm, I, 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 I'm I hedging my bets there. there. <laughs> I don't think there'll be enough goals for a, pump, for a fist pump <laughs> celebration in that one. Oh, my word. Okay, well... The last game for this segment of Back It or Burn It. It's the game that we've both predicted as a 1-0 Fulham win. Uh, did Lookman when he scored first bump last time around? Mm. I think he did. Anyway, let's see. Let's see. Okay. Your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Burn it. Less than four yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Burn it. Headed goal. Bank it. Fist pump goal celebration. Screw it, bank it. Oh, just in time. Just in time. Well done. Uh, you got all your questions in, which is always good. Gives you the best chance of getting your results. If you want to keep track of how Guy does with his score predictions and, and watch all those games, obviously, if you're in the UK, those games are going to be on so many different channels. There are two channels that are showcasing the games this coming week, but... Um, for for those first five, that is a whole host of um, channels that will be showing all the rest of the other games. One simple solution, link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. That's at libertyshield.com. They're a VPN provider, and they will sort you out with all of the awesome VPN package stuff. You can be like me and switch all of your entertainment viewing to Liberty Shield and you know, get rid of all the other subscriptions that I no longer needed, um, especially during a pandemic. That's a easy, easy decision for me. Uh, and and I've, I've been enjoying it. We're able to put all of our other products on there, our Netflix, our um, Amazon Primes, and any of the other packages that you have. You can add those to your, your Liberty Shield package. Um, this podcast is also presented by EPLindex.com. Go to EPLindex.com to check out all of the news, fixtures, previews, reviews around the Premier League. There'll be more of that at the end of the show. Guy, we move swiftly along with the show. Uh, another tasty game. It looks like this weekend's got some good games, at least a variety of games for every style of football. But we've got Leicester versus, uh, versus Arsenal. How do you see Arsenal, obviously, coming away with that loss last week now they go up against Leicester hoping to you know try and claw Leicester back a little bit here or is is it too tall a task considering the momentum that Leicester have at the moment I'd certainly make Leicester favourites um, Vardy seems to thrive off these games and Arsenal a bit better defensively with Arteta there um, 
seem to have settled now with, with the midfield and with I think I'm pretty sure Teeny's back. They actually have a left back which helps. <laughs> um <laughs> centre back seems to be an issue. I think Rob Holden, Louise, Gabriel started the season really well, but then he was out. Um Mary? I, I was going with a wrong name there, but I think it's Mary. <laughs> the 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 centre back issue seems seems to be the problem in that team at the min. Um but yeah, I'd make Leicester favourites, but they do have their injury problems. I think Madison's out by the looks of this. Perez, James Justin's out for the, for the season, I believe. Wesley Fofana's obviously probably been the young player of the season. Um, and, and Dennis Pratt, he'd probably be a good backup option for Madison. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how they tinker around with it, I think. Tatelemans, uh, NDD, Mendy, Chowdhury, there's enough in there to control a game against Arsenal. It's just whether Harvey Barnes and and Jamie Vardy can cause enough threat to him. They probably can, because I think Vardy can score against anyone, and, and Harvey Barnes has been one of the better players. And it probably ugh, not watching Leicester every week. He's probably been the, the most noteworthy Leicester player, to my knowledge, anyway. Um, so yeah, I'd make Leicester favourites, and I think this will be a good game. They do tend to be this, do tend to be good game between these two teams. And um, if Vardy's on it, I'd make them strong favourites. And what do I bottle? Do I bottle it? Did he? I was so <laughs> bold, I was so bold in the first half. <laughs> nah, screw it. Being being boring and going for draws is. It's in the past now. It's too safe. It it's is. too safe, guys. You're a change man. I am. 2-1 Leicester. Awesome stuff. 2-1 uh, to Leicester. Look, I think it's probably going to be a similar game to how we saw Liverpool versus Leicester at um, the King Power Stadium last time around where Arsenal will have a lot of the possession. Leicester will be looking to counter them. The The thing for me is, with that, will Arsenal be able to convert chances? Because Leicester gave Liverpool plenty of chances in those games. They just didn't want to score a goal, it seemed like. But um, I, I like you giving Arsenal one goal. I'm, I'm actually going to be the, 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 the old guy Drinkle here, and I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. Uh, I, think, I, I think Arsenal have enough firepower in this game. They're going to create enough chances to get two goals. And then Leicester... Obviously, they've been playing well. You mentioned the the star player at the moment, Harvey Barnes. I think he's going to cause a problem for Arsenal on that uh, right-hand side. I don't know if Arsenal have anyone there defensively that can match him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's going to have license to roam on that side of the pitch, and, and that's going to cause problems. But because of the style of the way the game's going to go, I'm going to go 2-2. To, to, I, think, I think Arsenal will take advantage of the, the amount of possession that they get in that game. Speaking of two teams that probably aren't known for having a lot of possession, uh, Tottenham versus Burnley. First of all, who's the team that's going to control the game here? It's, it's obviously at the Tottenham Stadium. Does it lean towards them or do we see uh, a Mourinho defensive block against a... <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. Against a Burnley defensive block. Is it brick wall versus brick wall? And is it, what's what's going to happen? It's just a house, isn't it, at that stage? <laughs> uh, if we get West Brom involved, it's a house. Um, I, it, it should be Tottenham. The, the onus is on them to 
to score, um, to win. Uh, don't know why I'm speaking like Steve McLaren there, but let's go. <laughs> um, where are Burnley? Burnley are fifteenth. They'll they'll be safe. I think everyone's expected Burnley to be safe, whether they've had a historic bad start to the season or whatever. Um, but Burnley will be fine. Do they need to win this game? It'd be nice. They've probably got more fixtures to to, to get. I don't know what else. What do they need? Probably eight more points to be surely safe. Um, but Tottenham are so bad at the minute. Like so bad. I think four wins and a uh, four losses and a win here in in the last five. It and that was against West Brom. Um. I think the only thing that's probably stopping me from picking Burnley to win to win this game is their injuries. Um, I mean, John, John, I'm not sure his name, Berg Goodmanson. Um, he's probably their only right winger in the squad. I know they put like Robbie Brady and Dwight McNeil there, but he's the one who actually is. I know he, I think he's left footed, but he he prefers being on the right. Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood. That that's the first choice strikers. Robert Robbie Brady's been starting when Goodmanson's not there, um, and then Stevens and Peters their backup players. So I, that that's three starters for them that are missing. Now that doesn't mean I don't think Burnley can hurt Tottenham because they have Eric Dyer at centre back, and as you know from your FPL team for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric Dyer is very bad. Uh, Toby Alderweireld has aged quite a lot in two years. Uh, Davinson Sanchez is a shadow of the prospect we saw in those Europa League games where it was Spurs buying him. I think it was like 40-odd million people were thinking that's that's a lock for one of the best signings of that sub and not developed at all, whether that was due to him, Poch, Mourinho, whatever. It, it's just it, it's just, it's just a bad time for Tottenham. Like, Quite a lot of their signs haven't really worked out. I think if it wasn't for like Ndombele doing a full 180 this season, I think you'd look at their business and be like, holy Christ, they need to reform everything in that club. Um, I mean, Doherty at right back, I know Tanganga's played there a bit. It's not like Dwight McNeil against Doherty. Dwight McNeil every day, if, if that's the, the case starting. Um, Lacelso's missed a good few months now I think he's obviously been a big miss because with Ndombele now playing central midfield you'd probably say Lacelso could start as the 10 which would help massively um it's it's a strange one I think Tottenham will run the game because Ndombele Heidberg Christ who knows he, he seems to like Lamella who apart from like one good season seven years ago it, he's not really done it. Um, I'm I'm gonna go one all. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, I have no confidence in Spurs, and we've we've seen it. We've seen it in the past when it goes wrong for Mourinho, it just goes wrong. Like at the same time of me saying one all, it really wouldn't surprise me if Tottenham win three 0 because Harry Kane, Young Min Son, and 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 Dombele, who's excellent as well, but. If then if if the individual brilliance of, of Sonos Kane doesn't shine through, which it hasn't done for the most recent games, what what have they got? Like Regulon's a good player, is he gonna win the game from left back? Probably not. Lucas Mora, apart from the Ajax game, and I think he scored against the West Brom the other week as well, but mm, not that great. Bergwine's been 
Mourinho'd. All, all attacking abilities gone from that bloke. Um, Gareth Bale can't be arsed. Deli Alley is having a bad time and should have went on loan. It's it, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. Like it it wouldn't surprise me if either team wins. I'm, I'm probably just playing safe with a draw. But yeah, one all. One all, and and just for the record, yeah. Look, I still have Dyer in my fantasy team. I keep forgetting to change him somehow. He he's that player that you always forget once you've clicked confirm. He's gonna like oh. he's gonna lose like two million value for the time you get he's, I wouldn't be surprised if he's valued at two million at this stage now. And look as well, I think it's safe to say this season my attentions were more focused on my NFL fantasy team. Uh, which I ended up losing in the semi-finals, uh, which was a very, very, very sad moment for me, and 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 uh, took a while to recover from. But well, I yeah. leave the fantasy stuff to Jody, um, the lovely lady, cheap plug, the lovely lady that does our guest intros. She's at Spursy One Four One. She's leading her fantasy leagues and and her work fantasy leagues and all of that stuff. So if you want fantasy advice, go there. Don't 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 listen to me. Um, I I still have Dyer in my team, but with regards to this game, um, I'll give a little pushback on Lamella because I do think he has shown promise. Meh. But the, as you've kind of hinted at, a lot of the the players that aren't Harry Kane, um, Son or Ndombele, they're not producing enough to cover the days that Kane, Son, and Dombele don't have amazing games. You do need other people to chip in. I'm sure they were hoping that it would be Gareth Bale this season, but he's come back and then hasn't put in maybe the, he, the performances that they were he's expecting. Mi- he's missing the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you've mentioned Lucas Moura there. He's got, like, he could do, like, any one of those players, You like Lamella, Bergwijn, Bale, Moura, on any given day, they could come up with a match winner, but they're just not doing it often enough. Um, but I, considering, you know, one win in their last five games, they have to win this game. They, there's no option for them. And I think Mourinho maybe takes the shackle, shackles off a little bit in this one, and I think it helps them out. I'm going to go with a 2-0 Spurs win. I'm not going to give Burnley a goal, purely because I'm hoping Dahlia please. He'll keep a clean sheet. keep a clean sheet. It'll be Sanchez and Alderman. <laughs> <laughs> knowing me, yeah, knowing my luck, that's what will happen. Uh, but also knowing me, I'm probably going to forget to set my fantasy team before the deadline, as has become custom. Um, as I said, it was NFL or bust for me this season, and that ended in tragedy. Um, two teams that have not seen much tragedy this this recent you know, a couple of months. It's Chelsea who are steamrolling now that uh, Tuchel's in in there and Man United who many people thought would have fallen away by now, but they're still going, guy. Yeah, and I don't like it. Um, I think the Chelsea improvement, as soon as Frank left and the, the list of people they were linked with, I think most people probably think there's... Another level, if not like two or three levels, to come from in that squad. Like I don't think we've seen it from an attacking point of view, but the defense in the midfield, I think, has improved massively. I think Werner looks a bit better, not kind of playing as either a left winger or a number nine, which I don't think he is either of those things. I think he's a left forward, like 
and that seems a bit feverish of me, but I think he's pretty much he's pretty much a second striker. Like you'll play off the left, but he is a second striker. That that's what we saw at Leipzig. He, I think he played off Paulson or um uh the Czech lad from Roma who I can't remember the name of. Um Schwick. Schick, how do you pronounce his name? Um so I think I think Chelsea's improvement is was expected, especially that Tuchel came in. I think you, you could see how that'd suit. Uh, but Manchester United's, I mean, they've got three draws in the last five, but with the way the league is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, the title the title race is gone, so they're fighting for second. Um, and Not if some pundits will. Oh, they're, they're still trying to, because obviously it, it sells... It sells the views. Hey, mm. they're still trying to push this narrative that there is a league to be won and lost. The ten points behind <laughs> <laughs> against a team that doesn't lose, yeah, or draw. Yeah, it's it's mad. But I mean, Manchester United being in, if Man United finish second, whether they're twenty points, five points, one point behind Man City, that that's a great season for them. Like people, yeah, like what they I think they finished sixty six points last season, which would probably usually get you like sixth or fifth or something like that scraped into top four I know they got knocked out in the group stage but to to build off that they didn't have the most exciting summer they, they, they signed loads of youngsters and, and Van der Beek but the, the the performance of the team they became more clinical I think adding Edison Cavani in there has helped I think Rashford's improved Bruno's a freak um, Pogba takes turns between being terrible and godly for some reason. Um McTom- I think McTominay has improved quite a bit. Fred's a steady, steady hand. Um Mason Greenwood after his personal issues that were all over the press at the towards the start of the season. It, I mean if as a Liverpool fan, if there was one player I could nick from United apart from a set well no, your centre back's terrible. They're as bad as our <laughs> as bad as that eighth choice one. Um <laughs> I, it would be uh, Imagine Mason Greenwood at Liverpool, Christ. Um, oh. It'd be ter- terrifying. Um, so, yeah, I think they've got a mix of young and experience, especially in the front lines. I think they've had some disappointing performers. Martial's been mostly bad. The, all the centre-backs have been bad. Apart. Eric Bailly's probably the best one, but he's just made out of crisps. Um, Maguire, Maguire's a mess. Luke, Luke Shaw, how can I forget Luke? Luke Shaw's probably been England's best left-back. I know the, if the Euros happen or not. He should. He probably should be the starting left back. And considering what Chilwell cost fifty odd mil, I know Luke Shaw cost a bomb, and he's on a, and he's on a bomb in terms of wages. But Luke Shaw, he's probably been the most improved player this season, off the top of my head. Um, which is fair enough to him. But yeah, I think they've had some really key performers, and they've carried the bad ones. Like Bruno's level, like their form is so dependent on Bruno. We mentioned the Zaha dependency of Crystal Palace. I, I think it's the same story for United, but it's at such a high level. Like, even if he drops off 5-10%, it's, it's very noticeable. Like, I think Marcus Rashford has clutch moments. Edison Cavani does. Greenwood does. But outside of that, if you probably need two of them, or three, all three of them on, to counter to counteract Bruno having a dip. And he's only had one dip, and that's where these draws have losses to like Sheffield United the other week um have come from so yeah they should get top four and to get it consistently it, it it's something for them to build off like I don't know it's probably not the time but 
all I think that Ollie's continuing to do a better job than anyone thought he would. I don't think maybe not even Man United, I don't think he's the person who will take them back to the glory days. But in terms of steadying a ship, I think he's done that quite well considering the mess Mourinho left. Um now I again as a Liverpool fan, I know we're in sixth and probably gonna keep dropping. I'm still glad Ollie is their manager because I don't think he'll ever take him to the promised land. So yeah, it's a it's it's a good time for Manchester United, but I think they still have a couple steps to make before they're on Man City's level this season and matching potentially, hopefully, from our perspective today, what what Liverpool can be, hopefully, in a normal season where there's not all these injuries, lack of preseason, lack of break, and all that jazz. So. It'll be interesting to see how they develop. And and Chelsea, Tuchel's done a really good job. They're kind of playing the back three. He's already called out a few of the players, like Callum Hudson-Odoi. Then, half a week later, he's starting against Atletico Madrid. So, he, he obviously knows what he's doing. He's obviously called out Callum Hudson-Odoi, then played him at right, right wing back in a game. I would say Atletico Madrid were heavy favourites for. So... Tuchel's doing really well. Um, now, in terms of prediction, <sighs> earlier in the season, this was a horrendously boring draw, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's away, and Man United's away record's so good, I, I almost favour Man United, but I might bottle it and go for a draw again, because th- this is what, I think, that's what Solskjaer does. I think he likes to, obviously he wants to win the game, but I think if he takes a draw especially in the top four race they're in, if they take a draw, it just stops Chelsea potentially catching up for them. And yep. do you, regardless of Timo Werner being a bit bad in front of goal, do you really want to plunk Harry Maguire on the halfway line and let Timo Werner run in behind? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, if he does it ten times, he might score one. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I'll i go one all. I think there'll actually be goals in this one. But I think it'll be a tight, boring boringish game because I think Tuchel's kind of gone defence first and the the thing is Tuchel's made sure that they're not conceding too many in yeah, transition exactly. which is Man United's strong suit especially away from home and I think what Man United have done well this season what's, what's helped them a lot this season is they just littered their team with game winners Guys that can go and get game winners. You look at Bruno Fernandes, Martial can pop up with the goal every now and then. You've got Rashford there. Cavani, he's got his record to show, you know, his career record. Um, as you said, Mason Greenwood, one of the most lethal finishers in, in terms of not just youngsters, but I, I, technique-wise, it's just really, really impressive. Um, and, and a whole bunch of other guys from midfield. Pogba can pull up with a goal. McTominay has shown he can be a match winner. Um, not many teams have that many match winners in, in a squad. So I think the tactic of just sitting back, soaking up pressure, and relying on match winners to turn up at some point has worked for them. And, and I don't think Man United fans should care about how well they're playing or if anyone complains about how poor they're playing. Just focus on getting the wins and then at least next season, hopefully the fans will be back. They'll be in a position where you've come second in the league um, and, and now you can look to maybe get in the guys that they wanted to get in for this season. They can maybe try and get them in for next season. But it's all looking good for them. In terms of 
scoreline predictions. I, I'm going to go for a Man United 2-1 win here. I just think that counter-attack is really going to favor them. I know I said how impressive Tuchel has been at avoiding that counter-attack and, and making sure that they're not conceding too many goals from that. But I just put it to the fact that Man United have too many match winners at the moment and, and they're going to pull through for them in, in this game. Uh, we move on from teams that can't lose to teams that can't win. Um, it's Sheffield United versus Liverpool, both teams who have four losses in their last five games and, and just the one win. Guy, first of all, um, mm. commiserations being a Liverpool fan. Sheffield United, they, they showed some little bit of, of, of re-emergence, some fight, and, and then it's kind of tailed back off again. And then a Liverpool side that can't seem to put the ball in the back of the net. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one all move on <laughs> one all move on look i'm i'm gonna <laughs> i was gonna say I'm, one, I'm, but yeah <laughs> it's kind of nah, I'm, I'm 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 going to follow suit but probably add more misery to it but I pred- i'm gonna predict a sheffield united one nil win and I'm hoping this is reverse psychology and Liverpool pull off like a 5-0 win or something. But at the moment, I don't see Liverpool scoring mm. unless it's Mo Salah pulling off a worldie. They're, they're creating chances, but their finishing is is not up to standard at the moment. So the on, I the think a late... We can... Well, mm. I'll say what you're trying to be unbiased. Horse. The only reason anyone or any Liverpool fan could go into a game confident about this is if on Saturday, no, Sunday evening you see... Naby Keita starting, Diogo Jota starting instead of Roberto nine men for me, no, um, <laughs> because th- there's no there's no spark there's no spark up front. Like we we obviously do the match ratings podcast for for AI and we have to suffer through all these games and, and rate them. Like if Mo Salah is not scoring, and the last time every time it's either a penalty or a worldie, yeah, we're not scoring. Firmino has the threat of a toddler. Mane <laughs> this season has the threat of a puppy. It's it is literally more Salah robust, and what the other teams can do now is they, they do they did it anyway because more Salah's our main threat. He's he's our most creative forward. He's our most likely to score f- forward, and he, he was last season. He was the season before that, and in his first season, and that, I may have just added a Roma season to that, but here we go. <laughs> um. If we put Jotter in there, it'll create space for Salah, who then, if if he can start being more creative or more threatening, hopefully that breathes light in the manner. And then if Bobby can have a rest, I, I have no hope for it because I think it's too long-standing, hopefully he can somewhat improve. But then if we add Naby Keita in the midfield, there's a long shot threat. There's a dribbling threat. Um, I know Thiago does dribble a bit, dribble as well, but he he's so deep and has defensive responsibilities. I don't know, say if Ginny could do with a rest, but he's going to play at ten million percent. Um <laughs> so say say if Ginny, Tiago and Joe Tiago and Nabi start the midfield, that's probably what we could do. We 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 have dribblers in that in that midfield. We have people who are a good positionally with Ginny Nabi and Thiago can do the defensive responsibilities. Thiago just can't tackle. Um, 
So if that is the team, we can control that game and it has enough threat. But if I go into the game and I see... And this, this is no slight in Curtis Jones. I think Curtis Jones has been one of our best players in 2021, which is not, not that difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if we go into the team and we see Ginny and Thiago as, as, as a six, one of them, one of them's out of position, then Jones, then we've got a, a really tired Andy Robertson at left back, so there's no real threat there. Then we've got Bobby, who just drains the life out of me every time I watch him play nowadays. Mane is just kind of depressing to watch now. It's just like... Well, I'd just go into that game just hoping not to be embarrassed. And this is against a team yeah. that was historically bad until they played Newcastle. It's always Newcastle. <laughs> it's a, um, so, yeah, if we if we had the, the people back from injuries, I think Fab might be a bit a step too far because we saw what happened. We rushed him back against Man City. He was terrible. They got injured. <laughs> um, so don't rush Fab back for the sake of this. Um, but it, it, if you're not beating Sheffield United without oh Fab, God, then, like I mean, look, yeah. all all I can say about this game is I've predicted Sheffield United versus Liverpool's one nil to Sheffield United. Go ahead and prove me wrong, Liverpool. Just go ahead and prove me wrong. Um, we'll move on to the team that won the Merseyside derby last week. They finally won the Merseyside derby. They're going to be bouncing into this game. Uh, it's Everton, and they got come up against uh, Southampton side that is facing similar situations to the Liverpools and the Sheffield Uniteds being uh, near the bottom of the form table. Guy, Everton are going to be at home. Southampton have been struggling of late. Do you give Southampton much of a chance? At some point, they've got to win the game, surely. I think they just have... I think they have an alright first eleven at the men. But the injuries they've got um, have just kind of destroyed any rotation or any balance in the team. Because I, I was taught, I think I think it was last week, Friday, Sean, the two foot, me and Dave were talking about this. Their first eleven is probably top top eight or top ten. But as soon as you scratch one person out, it's done. Like, Carl Walker-Peters is literally the only right-back they can call upon. I think now they've got Jan Bednarek, who's probably their best centre-back or right-back. Um, if Ryan Bertrand gets injured or suspended or whatever, they don't have a backup left-back. Um, midfield, they only have three players. And I've, according to your notes, two of them are uh, are out. I think Romeo came back midweek, unless he got, that's the game he got injured in. But mm-hmm. it's like... Ward Prowse is seemingly the only one who's played all the time, and then it's Diallo or Romeo, whoever's fit enough. Then up front, Danny Ings, long-standing injury issues. Minamino's done really well since he's gone there. Gone there to be fair. So I think up front's probably the only, or up front and the two wide options is the only place they've got some options. Whereas you look defensively, they've like three centre, four centre backs. I forgot about Jack Stevens. Four centre backs. Um, no fullback cover, no midfield cover. It Hassan Hootl. It's weird because Southampton. He was doing such a good job the first half of the season, but now I think well, it's like six losses in a row, isn't it? Or something like that. It's horrendous form. Um. It it's probably not talked about enough that Hassan Hootl's not really been backed at all. Like, not really. It, it, it's, I know they've got Minamino on loan it's a good side and they, but buying a young centre-back centre back who came into the club injured in, in Salisu who who started off the 
quite well in these last few games that I've seen, but it's not really back. This is your best manager since Ronald Koeman. And, well, he's doing a bad job at Barcelona. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if, even then, if you want to say a potch, say a potch. But he's your best manager since then. Try and back him. I know they've got uh, financial difficulties, and everyone does, but you're kind of wasting your opportunity with Hasenhutl. And I know they backed him after the night, well, the two nine nils now, which is weird to say, considering I'm praising a manager, but th- this bloke, that bloke for Southampton will get offers from many, many clubs. Like, you're probably lucky Dortmund didn't come in for him, and now Gladbach need a manager. We we talked about Newcastle. If they get taken over by some billionaires, which is quite possible, they'd be looking at him. Um, I don't know if Palace need a new manager, etc. That that's lower down the table. Like if if Ancelotti couldn't be bothered with Everton, I'm not I'm not saying. But if Everton lost Ancelotti to a bigger club or something like that, they'd probably look at someone like Harrison Hoodle. Why wouldn't even they? if Leicester lost yeah. Brendan Rodgers? If top Tottenham, Tottenham is probably the best example, and I know they've been linked with Brendan, but why not cut out the middle man? It worked last time when they got Potts from <laughs> Southampton. Go get Hasenhutl. But if they wanted to get Brendan, yeah, Hasenhutl will be a class appointment for Leicester. I think that's a that's probably a good shout. I put money on them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I think I think they're kind of wasting the opportunity there. But it. I, I can't see anything other than an Everton win. I think with Calvert-Lewin back and he pretty much terrorised Liverpool's defence when he came on and Everton tried attacking. Um, but he, he kind of terrified us. Richarlison decided not to be terrible and, and score against us, obviously. Um, but Everton should win this. I mean, Southampton can win it because they've got Danny Ings, who's a very much a clutch player. Uh, Gineppo can do a bit of anything out of uh, nothing, really. Uh, Minamino started off well. So th- that, there's three dangerous players. I mean, Stuart Armstrong, I'm not sure if he's actually fit. Stuart Armstrong's a very good player. I'm not I'm not sure about like Nathan Redmond and stuff like that anymore. I think they've kind of moved past that a bit. Um, che Adams, I think he's in a bit of a goal drought um, as well. So they they do have the players to hurt Everton, but if Everton are playing their four centre backs stuff, that can just limit Danny Ings, and then outside of Danny Ings, can that limit Minamino? Probably so. Can it lim- limit Gineppo? Probably so. And then Dinya, um, such a good outlet on the left. Richarlison, if he can continue his form from the Liverpool game, he's a very dangerous player, and. And DCL, DCL against Vestergaard had a good season, but not the most mobile. And Salisu, who is new to the league, only three or four games in, you'd have you'd have to make Everton favourites. And a three nil Tonkin from Leeds in midweek. Oh, I'll I'll go four one Everton. Wow, that will be an insane game. Um. For me, the big injury for Southampton is Romeu because he he did come back against Leeds and he looked fantastic in midfield. I mean, that 50-yard sprint back to to stop the Rafinha um, potential goal was insane. And he just seemed to, to dominate midfield for the time that he was on the pitch. So if he's not there for them, I worry that their midfield is not going to be up to scratch for this game. 
Um, and unfortunately for them, I, I see Everton steamrolling them as well. I'm going to go with a 3-1 Everton, um, 3-1 Everton win. And guy, we've got obviously a double game week, but the fixtures now involve all teams that we've spoken about already. So we're going to quick fire these mm-hmm. last couple of fixtures and I'm going to start us off so you can get the theme of it. I'll give my score prediction and I'll say something very, very quickly mm-hmm. about how I think the game's going to go. So I'll start us off the first fixtures. Man City versus Wolves. I'm going to go with a 3-0 Man City win and Man City are just going to dominate the whole game. Uh, 2-0 Man City, comfortable game, as you say. Okay, next up, you want to take Burnley versus Leicester? Yeah, Burnley v Leicester. I think, again, this will probably attack v defence. Uh, Leicester should be favourites. I will go 2-1 Leicester. Two one Leicester. I think that Leicester are going to dominate this game, but Burnley are going to pull off a shock two one win. Ooh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror you. I, I think there's always one of these random wins that Burnley pull out that you just wonder how they're not higher up the table. Um Sheffield United versus Aston Villa. I'll kick us off with that one. I'm Grealish, I'm assuming. We'll be back for this game and, and that will be a big boost for Aston Villa, I, I'm going to go with a 3-0 Aston Villa win in this one. Yeah, I'll go 2-1 Villa, regardless of Grealish coming back. It should be a game they, they aim to win. They've got enough talent there. Bertrand Traore is having a good season. Um, El Ghazi, uh, Trezeguet, etc. on the other side. Ollie Watkins dipping in and out of form. Uh, yeah, 2-1 Villa, if Grealish is back, probably more. Um Crystal Palace United, again, it's all dependent on when Zaha's back. Zaha against um, Wan Basaka and and Lindelof in that channel and even put him onto Maguire, they could hurt him there. Eze, again, I think Crystal Palace could. And I think they did beat uh, United earlier in the season. Man United favourites, because I'm not sure if Zaha will be back and they they have pace up front, and we we talked about the quality of Bruno early. I will go two uh, nil United. Oh, that's the same score like that I had two nil <laughs> United. I just think they're gonna be able to pull this one off. I'm I'm not giving Crystal Palace too much of a hope there. Next game is Fulham versus Tottenham. Um, you've said Tottenham probably would have drawn. I've said Tottenham would have won by this time. Obviously, Fulham will be bouncing into this one after our predicted 1-0 win. This could be a tricky one for Tottenham. They lost this game, this fixture last time around, um, back when Fulham was starting to cause problems for all the other teams. I think that this ends 1-1. I might just do a reverse of you and say Spurs to win, just so one of us is right. (laughs) Unless they lose both of us. (laughs) Um, I'll say 2-1 Spurs because I think Albeit Fulham have improved massively defensively, I think Kane and Son, we've seen that Fulham defence. As soon as there's a bit of quality on it, I think they can can still be go at. Um, so I think it, if Son and Kane are both fit and available, depending on what happens in the next game, I'll, I'll go 2-1 Spurs. I think it'll be tight, boring affair, but yeah, I'll, I'll go 2-1 Spurs. Um, next up then, Big Sam returning... Well, no. Uh, West Brom against Everton with Big Big Sam <laughs> against Everton. Um, former manager, etc. 
can I go two positive Everton results in a one pod? No, I can't. One all. <laughs> one all. He couldn't do it. He he gave them their their win last time out. I'm gonna go for an Everton win again. I think they continue to make a charge for top four. I'm gonna go with the two one Everton win. Then the weekend finally ends with Liverpool versus Chelsea. I'm gonna continue my theme on this podcast, predicting Liverpool losses. And I'm gonna go with a 3-1 Chelsea win and challenge Liverpool to prove me wrong. I'm going to go 2 all because, as we said, Tuchel kind of defence first at the minute. Um, if the players I mentioned coming back from injury don't start the Sheffield United game, hopefully they start this one so you might have some goal threat. If we have that midfield I mentioned of Thiago, Naby and Ginny, maybe even Fabinho, but I really I doubt we see Fabinho in midfield. Um, until Van Dijk, etc., are back at centre back. Um, I think a Jorginho Kovacic midfield that that could be got up by a, a midfield I mentioned of Liverpool there. So I'm praying we see that team at some point. So <laughs> I, I'll go to all because I think Chelsea have improved. Um, and our defence is obviously there to be got at. So let's get let's go for a Werner goal. Yay! <laughs> Amazing. A podcast with two Liverpool fans who have not predicted a Liverpool win this weekend, even though they played twice. Who would have said that last season? Who would have thought that would have been possible? But that is going to do it for us on this episode of A Tad Predictable. Guy, do you have anything you want to plug, put over, promote before we wrap up? Yeah, I'll probably be on... uh, Well, no, I will be on. I'll be hosting Dave doing... I'll be in your shoes for Dave tomorrow, covering <laughs> the games. Uh, and something non-football related, uh, I think next week I'll be back on uh, video game duty. I'll be doing a one-up with my co-host Carl. Uh, there's a Sony event on tonight, I think. So we'll prob- probably cover that and any other gaming news. So we-, we-, we try and just do that every time there's a bit of gaming news. So... If you want to follow that, it's at one up underscore AI, I believe. I don't use it that much, but yeah, also at Guy Drinkle, where I tweet pretty much everything. Nice. From my end, go out and check out EPL Index website, as I mentioned. Um, go and check out our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Check out the two footer podcast that goes on daily. We've got our flagship show on Sundays, the EPL Roundtable. Check that out. All of these can be found on your favorite podcast providers. Just search the EPL Index podcast channel. Give us five-star ratings. Write some positive comments if you feel so inclined. That stuff really, really helps us out. Um, I've been Tadio Chinakura. You can find me on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Tad Predicts. As I mentioned earlier with my cheap plug, the lovely lady that does our guest intros, Jody. she's at Spursy141 on Twitter. Our producer behind the glass, and he was in front of the mic this week. He finally got to do a banquet or burn it again. It was Guy Drinkle. Thank you, sir, for coming on. You can find him at Guy Drinkle on the Twitters. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshua. Podcast Network.